If you have a story you would like to hear featured on this podcast, please go to AsTheRavenDreams.com and click the button to submit your story. Also, if the platform you're listening on has the option to rate this podcast, please consider doing so. And thank you. Before I start my story, it's important to establish a few things that have been happening lately. About two months ago, we had an attempted break-in in our home. It was around ten at night, and I was in the living room when someone attempted to break our back door open with a crowbar. Thankfully, they noticed me and took off, but it was really scary to see that thing firsthand and to be that close to someone that was violating the sanctity of my home. Because of this, I begged my husband to install some security cameras, so there's now a camera that looks across our living room towards the back door, and a few others that show the entrance and exit points. On top of this, I've also been losing sleep because of the situation, and I've been jumping up to every small sound. I've been trying to find ways to keep myself calm and to relax, and I found some solace in doing cross-stitch patterns. For the most part, I just do cute little animal images, and I really enjoy it. I think that's all the context that's necessary for the story. So, the other night I was sitting in the living room with my husband falling asleep on the couch next to me. The TV was playing some random show, and I was doing my cross-stitch pattern. I had just started a cute little pattern that had a couple of ducks on it, and I was trying to get certain parts done first, when I started getting that weird anxiety feeling that I've been getting since the night of that incident. It's kind of like a panic attack, I think, but not fully there. It's just like a weird hit of adrenaline that's telling me that something is going on. I do my normal checks of the back doors, the windows, the front doors, basically just making sure that no one is around the house. It's a dumb ritual, but it's what I feel like I need to do. When I'm sure that there's no one around, I decided that I just wanted to go to bed, and that I wasn't really feeling the cross-stitch anymore. I tossed the pattern into my basket near my spot on the couch and I woke up my husband so that we could go to bed. All of this was pretty normal. Nothing out of the ordinary. Until about two days later, I went to grab my cross-stitch to continue on it, and I had to pause just staring at it, because it was almost done. Every single color and part that I hadn't worked on yet was finished. But... The part that I was saying I wanted to get done first hadn't been completed. I was nothing shy of confused and mildly frustrated. I asked my husband if he had finished my cross-stitch, and he laughed at me, and then said that he would have had no idea how to even start on this thing. I had the idea to check the camera and see if he was messing with me, or if I was sleepwalking and sleep-stitching, but at no point over those two days had I touched my craft basket at all. The last time on the footage that I touched anything over there 
was the night when I got up and looked at the doors and windows to see if there was someone outside. Then I saw me toss it into the basket. I know that I wasn't done with it. I hadn't even started most of the sections. And I really don't think that my husband is messing with me. On top of that, the footage shows literally nobody touching it since I threw it into the basket. Of course, the camera isn't that good, so you can't see how finished it was from that, but I know how much I had and had not completed. I'm a little upset because I was using this as a form of therapy, but I guess I'll just have to start a new one. And my plea to the Matrix, please don't finish my cross-stitch patterns for me. Half of the fun of the whole thing is seeing the image come together as you work on it. I'm supposed to start this story off by saying who it's by, so... This story was posted to the Glitch in the Matrix subreddit by the user... Wee I hope I said enough O's there, because there's, uh, like, six of them. Anyways, to the story. This happened this afternoon, and I'm still super weirded out. I have yet to find a single plausible explanation to what went on. My husband and I live in a small work-in-progress cabin in the woods, on an acreage in Atlantic Canada with two parrots, a rabbit, a senior citizen cat, and two absolutely rambunctious dogs. My husband can't say no to something fluffy that is in need of a home. Cleaning up after this zoo is quite the daily effort. As I was going about my chores today, I decided to toss the dogs outside for a while so I could suck up the previous day's layer of dog fluff without them declaring war on our vacuum machine as their hatred for the vacuum is quite passionate. Once the dogs were outside and merrily jumping around in the mud puddles, I got to work on the floor. I did a really thorough vacuum job today, even getting on my hands and knees to suck up the fluffies that were nesting underneath the table and furniture. After I wrapped up the chores, I went to go retrieve the dogs. The dog run is accessible by a doggy door that is off of a room that is completely separate from the room I was cleaning. As I already mentioned, the cabin is a work in progress and entirely unfinished, and the room with the doggy door is the newest room to be added on to the building, and is even more unfinished than the rest. I entered into this room and shut and latched the door behind me as I knew the soggy dog stampede was going to be fierce. I planned on letting the pooches dry off in that separate room while I went to town to run a couple of errands. I opened the doggy door, and two canines bounded into the room and began to shake and pounce and play with all of their dogly enthusiasm. They were soaked, and muddy, and seemingly more than content to hang out in this room, so... I undid the latch on the door that led to the main room, and carefully opened it a crack just enough to squeeze my body through, so that the dogs could not follow after me. I closed the door behind me, and I latched it shut. 
I picked up the water bowl and reached for some toys so that I could toss them into the side room and keep the dogs entertained while I was gone. As soon as I entered the main room and looked down, however, I absolutely froze. There were fresh, muddy paw prints on the floor that I had just cleaned. I could still hear the dogs bouncing around on the other side of the door in the room that I had locked them into. They did not follow me. And yet, here I was, looking at fresh, muddy paw prints that were not here a moment ago. Perhaps there was mud on the bottom of my flip-flops, and I had made the prints myself? I lifted my feet one at a time, and the bottoms of my flip-flops were totally clean. The prints were not from me. Then, I lifted my gaze and was horrified to see that the paw prints continued, all down the length of the room from the kitchen to the front door of the cabin, where they stopped suddenly. As though a muddy dog had taken a single run through the length of the room, and then completely vanished. The prints only went in one direction. There were no smudges of mud or backward prints to indicate a muddy dog changing directions in any way. Just a straight line of fresh, wet, muddy prints. And then nothing. They weren't there moments before. My dogs had not entered the room, and they were still locked up in the other room. There were no other creatures in this room, and no possible entrances for rogue invaders. I have no explanation. I don't understand it. I feel like I'm either losing my mind entirely, or else in an alternate timeline that one of the dogs slipped past me into the cleaned room and runs down the floor, and somehow the timelines bled together for a moment just long enough for Alternate Dimension Dog to leave the muddy paw prints and then vanish back to his own timeline. I don't have an explanation for this one. Basically, for the last five years, I've had a key ring with only three keys on it. It had my car key my house key, and the extra key to my kid's truck. About a year and a half ago, I added a Lego minifigure keychain, otherwise it's been the same three keys for the last five years. I use it almost every day. I've taken it all over the world with me when I traveled, because I use it to get into my house when I get home. I used it to get into my house last night. I had to pop out this afternoon, I grabbed my keys, wallet, and phone, locked up, and left. When I got home, I tried to use the key to unlock my front door, and it didn't work. I tried the door lock and the deadbolt, same key, and no luck. So I popped open the garage door to use the other door to get into the house, that door was locked, same key and the key did not work. So, at this point, I was pretty dumbfounded because the one house key on my keyring isn't working. Eventually, I was able to get into the house through a window, so I got that going for me. The key still doesn't work. I found and tested my spare key, and it does work. The key on my keychain sort of looks like the spare key, 
It's the same type of key, but has a slightly different notch. Consequently, I'm a little weirded out that the house key on my keychain is not my house key. The key pattern on the house key attached to my keychain and the spare key that works are different. Just to add, the key on my keychain and the spare that works are two different keys with two different patterns. The difference isn't from where. The key on my keychain has a shorter pattern than the one that works on the house. The OP then posted update. I wanted to post an update since the comments were rolling in, and I have some time to post some extra information. Of the two keys, the spare key is the one that works, and the key on my keychain is the one that doesn't. The key from the keychain has a ton more wear, but it has a different cut and is clearly from a different batch of keys. I still don't know what this key is for since it doesn't seem to work on any lock in my house. As a quick refresher for those that are reading the update, the house key was the only key on my keychain that was not a car key, and it had been on that chain for six years. The day before the day in discussion, it worked to get into the house. The day in question, I went out to get a burger at a restaurant. The key worked when I left. The keys, house key, truck key, and car key, were only out of my pocket when they were in the ignition of my car. At the restaurant, I sat at the bar and the keys stayed in my pocket. No one sat next to me at the bar and the only person I interacted with was the bartender on the other side of the bar. I sat at the bar to eat because I was out solo and I didn't want to take up a table. After eating, I came home and the key did not work in any lock. Eventually, I was able to make it inside the house. I found my spare key, which does work, compared the keys, and I found them to be different. Could someone have swapped the keys? Possible, but extremely unlikely. The keys were in my possession, or locked up in my house for the whole period of this occurrence. Could someone have broken in and swapped the keys? Again, possible, but extremely unlikely. I live in a secluded-ish HCOL and very safe area in a very small house where you can hear everything. All the doors and windows in my house are loud. It is extremely doubtful that anyone got into the house in the time period where this occurrence occurred. Moreover, it's even less likely that they got in, took the key off the ring, replaced it with a similar key and got out quietly. There's nothing in this house that is interesting enough for someone to implement that kind of scheme, especially given the fact that I'm usually here since I work from my home, and there are much better targets in my neighborhood. And are the locks changed? Yeah, not only are they getting changed today, but I'm also moving to a new home one town over. The decision to move was made months ago, and has nothing to do with the weird key that showed up. Thank you to all those who were worried about my safety. I'm perfectly fine and safe here in my quiet bungalow until I move. Hi there. I'm a long-time listener, first-time contributor, 
I would probably file the story under a deja vu, but I think that would still fall under a glitch in the Matrix nowadays. This happened to me when I was in high school some 44 years ago, yet it was so vivid that it has been etched into my mind since then, and now, many years into the future from that point in time, I have more to this side of the story, which might count as glitch number two. Here is some backstory before I describe what might be considered glitch number one, which was a deja vu type dream that I had. The year was 1978, when I was a junior and attended a small private high school in the pristine Santa Cruz Mountains of California. I fell head over heels for a boy who was a senior that year. He was a rough version of whom my parents would have wanted me to date, but nevertheless, I fell deeply in love with him. He had reddish, strawberry blonde curly hair, a funny yet dry sense of humor, and a very distinctive hobby for all manner of Volkswagens. We dated for almost two years. Now to the story. One night, somewhere in the middle of our time together in high school, I had a very elaborate and detailed dream about my future wedding day, which was not even on the radar at that point. I remembered the dream clearly when I awoke from a deep sleep. It was as if I were watching it from the back of the church, I could clearly see myself and my groom, and all of our wedding party, from the back as we faced the minister who was standing at the front of this beautiful church, with a gorgeous and huge stained glass window that literally took up the whole wall behind the minister who was marrying us. But when I noticed the groom, he did not have the strawberry blonde curly hair like my current boyfriend. No, it was very dark brunette and straight hair. I recognized my bridesmaid because she was, and still is, my very best friend since we were in the sixth grade. I didn't recognize the best man or anyone else from the groom's side. When I awoke in the morning, I remember being very upset about that still clearly vivid dream because my groom did not seem to be the boy that I was dating and with whom I was completely in love. It bothered me so much that I called my best friend and told her the whole dream, which etched it into my mind even more. The weeks went by, and I always had that dream in the back of my mind. Things were good between my boyfriend and I, so I eventually wrote it off as just a weird dream. We dated until I left for college at the end of 1979. Things became strained between us even before I moved to college. Needless to say, we broke up. It devastated me, but I struggled to move on. I eventually met a nice young man at our college. He was also funny. It seems that sense of humor is something that attracted me. We dated for two years and we married at the end of 1982. When we got our wedding pictures back, and I was perusing them carefully, when I almost fell off of my chair. Right there, amid this pile of pictures, 
was a view the photographer had from the back of the church showing me and my groom, the man that I did marry, standing facing the minister who was standing in front of a massive and beautiful stained glass window. It was the exact scene from my dream years prior. And yes, my new husband had dark brunette and straight hair. I now recognized the best man because we also attended the same college together, and he was my husband's best friend. Now, this leads me to glitch number two, in the form of a vision that I had about my new husband. This was not a sleeping dream, but more like a quick daydream as I was packing up for our move from campus housing to our first apartment in life together. It hit me like a ton of bricks from out of nowhere. As I was reaching into the cupboard to unload our canned food into a cardboard box, I suddenly had a strong feeling accompanied with these words that went through my mind. Your husband will leave you later in life. What? That shook me to my core. Where did that come from? My thoughts were unpacking canned goods into a cardboard box, and we were so happy with each other. It was even too soon in our young marriage to experience any real-life struggles together. My husband and I had a wonderful marriage, with typical marriage ups and downs. Nothing major. We had two beautiful and healthy daughters, as we created many wonderful and fun family memories. This lasted for 16 years, and yes, he did leave me for greener pastures. At which time, those words that seemed to be prophetic came flooding back into my mind. I wondered if it was meant to be something that was a warning to me, so that I could have somehow changed the future, or if it was just meant to prepare me somehow. I'll never know for sure because it was devastating to me, and it turned the course of our lives irrevocably. He has since moved on to his third wife, but thankfully our daughters are doing well in life. It left some emotional scars on them, but they're happy and healthy, and building wonderful lives themselves. I could never quite figure out what happened to our marriage, but now that we're living in a time where Things like Glitch in the Matrix, alternate realities, and shifting timelines are subjects being explored. My life feels like I might have switched realities, or jumped into an alternate universe. When my wonderful husband seemingly and suddenly left what was, for the most part, a fun, loving, and happy family. So, until I recently discovered the Glitch in the Matrix thread on Reddit, I had just kept this to myself as a weird little creepy story between friends. It never occurred to me that this could be a part of something bigger, where other people experience the same things. Now, I don't want to jump on the bandwagon and assume that I've experienced anything out of the ordinary, and like most people in life, I've put things down and they've not been where I thought I'd left them, but this left me weirded out like nothing else. When I was younger, I was obsessed and fascinated with ghosts and the paranormal, 
sure, a typical teenager hype. But since, I've suffered with anxiety disorders. I moved into my home nearly five years ago now. I'm English, and I live in an old Victorian terrace house. One with thin walls and loud neighbors, pipes, and creaks. Even at 21 years old, every creak and bump in the night sent my mind racing to the point where I'd convinced myself someone was in the house. And I've hidden under the quilts to come to terms with the fact that it was simply part of the house that I was in. Over the years, not only have I become accustomed to the noises of my house, but to cure my anxious mind, I've effectively convinced myself that ghosts simply don't exist. If they don't exist, how can I fear them? It makes sense to me. And now, after many terrified nights alone, I am truly 200% sure they don't. Nor will I let myself be told otherwise. I'd stopped believing because I didn't want to be scared on my own. Anyways, I want to say maybe three years ago, I hadn't been in my house super long, and two things disappeared. For a bit of background, I'd gone out for a few drinks with my two best friends, friends I had known since three years old, friends I would trust with my life and my child's life. Not random backs for a party, but good pals. Firstly, I went out wearing my great-aunt's ring. This was the first time I donned the item outside of the house. We were sat at the table sharing some wine, when I looked at my hand and noticed it wasn't there anymore. In all honesty, it was loose-fitting on the finger that I wore it on, but I can distinctly remember all night I was constantly fidgeting with it out of fear of losing it, and I can't understand how I would have gone so long without touching it and noticing it was missing. Due to my distress, my friends instantly helped me search the house, and by house, I mean the two rooms that we'd been in since arriving home. We even checked the street that we had walked up with flashlights, but to no avail. We were sat at my dining room table, which would be the receptacle if I were to place it down. It wasn't there. I ended up putting a post on a local Facebook group to see if anyone had found it and to keep an eye out, basically admitting to myself that I had drunkenly lost it. The night continues, and I deal with the fact that I've lost a family heirloom of sorts. We drank a little more and took ourselves into the living room. We were singing, dancing, taking selfies, the typical behavior of three drunken 20-year-olds. It was all very average, until I lost my phone. Now, I won't lie, I'm renowned for losing and breaking phones. It was almost a serial joke that I would lose it on a night out. Except we weren't out. We were in. And I definitely had it in the house. Naturally, we turned the room upside down. And by upside down, I mean literally. We took everything off every sofa and chair cushions, including the big ones that made the sofa up. We lifted the rug... We pulled back the sofa and the chair, we looked in the toy boxes, and under every single piece of furniture, but it never turned up. So, we did the same thing to the dining room, 
the only other room that we had been in since getting back to the house. Without exaggerating, we must have turned each room ten times, if not more, even against what we knew was true because we all knew that I had used my phone since arriving home, but we accepted that it must have been left at the pub. Obviously, we called the phone. We called my number countless times with each time being sent to the voicemail. We tried Facebook and Instagram Messenger. We tried Snapchat, WhatsApp. None of it would connect. It made no sense. My phone, the last time I checked, was at over 70%, so there was no way it was dead. Regardless, we continued searching and calling it to no avail. So, we gave up. The next day, I came downstairs, hungover, obviously, and I made some toast and sat at the dining room table to eat it. When I saw my ring, just there, in the middle of the table, very clear, uncovered, unashamed, just there as though it was a centerpiece. Naturally, I thought it was a bit odd that we had checked the pretty much clear table several times, and it wasn't there, for it now to just be there gleaming at me. I will say now, my friends left that night before I went to bed, and we did a final thorough check. There is no way that I would believe either of them would steal that from me, and there's absolutely no way they could have re-entered the property after they left. Sure, the ring reappearing was odd, but... I just figured we were drunk and missed what was staring us right in the face. I took my Facebook post down and that was the end of it. My friends were both delighted and confused when I told them. As for my phone, several days went by and there was still no sign of it. I'd yet again posted in local Facebook sites and people had been trying to call it, however it always went to voicemail. Even though I had quite a bit of battery... I could have been potentially five or six days later. I was in bed, long forgotten the phone as I'm always losing it. It's ten past seven in the morning. I hear vibrations and an obnoxious alarm song. My alarm. I have a son, so ten past seven is the time my alarm is usually set for the school run. This was a weekend. I'm laid in bed thinking it's part of a dream, but... It doesn't stop, and I can hear the vibrations. I go downstairs towards the living room, and it gets louder. I go towards the sofa and put my hand on one of the big bottom sofa cushions, and I can feel the vibration. I pull two cushions apart, and there it is. My phone, with 65% battery just buzzing and singing away to itself. Pretty much on show between the main cushions, just in the crack. I can't believe it. I turn the alarm off because, gross, it's far too early to be listening to that, but also, what the hell? I check my phone, the time is right. There are zero missed calls, zero messages, a load of battery, and it's on loud. I know for a fact that my sofa has been fully taken apart nearly ten times. I know that calls wouldn't connect... And I know that for the past five mornings at least, an alarm has not sounded. No one other than me had a key for my house, 
and neither friend had been back over since to be able to plant it. It was as though I'd simply left it and nothing had happened. But something had happened. It disappeared and disconnected for nearly a week. I looked back through the photos because I knew we had taken selfies and stupid drunken videos the night that it went missing. But none of them were there. I instantly rang up my friends and my mom and all of them were in disbelief. Granted, if it hadn't have happened to me and someone was trying to explain the scenario to me, I wouldn't have believed them either. But it did happen. My friends were baffled, my mom was dumbfounded, and I was in genuine shock. Nothing made sense. It still doesn't. My phone and ring completely vanished without a trace. My phone was disconnected from everything, and photos that I know were taken do not exist. Even on my friends' phones, there are no photos from that night. Even the ones I'd zoomed in on of my ring to post to Facebook do not exist anymore. And I don't know what this was, other than a glitch. I'm not sure if this is exactly a glitch in the Matrix, but it's very strange, and I want to know if anyone has experienced something similar. So, this glitch happened when I was about four or five years old at a child's birthday pool party. I don't remember any of the day before my incident happened, so sorry, there's not much detail leading up to what happened. I was swimming in the shallow end because at the time I couldn't swim. I was in my own little world, but there were plenty of people around me. I decided to go to the deep end, and of course I was starting to drown. It felt like I was drowning for so long, and I couldn't tell which direction was up. I remember all the little details that a four or five year old just would not remember. As I was drowning, I saw my nephew walk up to me. He was probably three years old at the time. I even remember I saw him because of his bright yellow Spongebob swim trunks. He saw what was happening and ran to get his mom, my sister, and my sister ran and pulled me out. I was crying and remembering that pain in your throat when you swallow water down the wrong way. As we were walking back to our seats, someone else was in the process of drowning. Turns out it was the birthday girl who was turning four. I saw her grandpa jumping in to save her. I don't remember the small things that happened for the next few minutes, unfortunately. But, once my sister and I got back to our seats, my mom took her out to her car. I got my security blanket and my favorite stuffed animal at the time. That stuffed animal was a cow. I would dress it up in different outfits almost daily, and I even remember the outfit it had on that day. My cow was wearing a bright red collared shirt and blue pants. After I got my things, my mom and I went back to the party, and I sat down, and that's all I remember from that. Fast forward, I'm now 17 years old, and I have had a really bad fear of water from then on, and I just recently learned how to swim. Me and my mom are very open about things now that I'm older, 
She used to lie to me when I was younger to spare my feelings, but if I ask questions now, she's honest. I asked her about that day. She told me it never happened. I told her all the little details I remembered, and she still denied that it happened. She told me it was only the birthday girl who almost drowned, and that her grandpa jumped in just like I remember it. I don't think it was a false memory because none of my false memories are that vivid. I eventually asked my nephew if he remembered it. He doesn't remember either. I've always just considered that a false memory after my mom told me it didn't happen, but something just doesn't add up to me. After coming across your videos, I'm thinking it's one of those situations where you're meant to die, or you did, but after the incident, things just don't add up. If I'm supposedly in a different reality, it would make sense that no one else remembers it happening, because it didn't happen in this reality. I'm also confused on the fact that the birthday girl got noticed and saved immediately, and I was drowning long enough for my nephew to walk all the way down to the deep end. I remember there being so many people around me, so how was that possible? I understand most of the attention was on the birthday girl, because it was her special day, but the deep end was mostly adults from what I remember. How could they not notice an out-of-place small child without floaties? How did no one see me get into the pool and then immediately go under? Nothing about my story adds up, and I would love to hear if anyone had similar experiences. And thank you for listening to my story. This is on the spiritual side instead of a glitch. Or maybe it is a glitch, but I think it's spiritual. I just know the more I know, the less I know. <laughs> this is something to this day that I remember vividly. It happened to me when I was 13 or 14 years of age, and I'm 30 today. I've always thought that my auntie was a witch, and one night she proved me right. Quick backstory. I've always been a sensitive kid when I was young. I could feel others' energies and intentions, which was great because it kept me out of trouble most of the time. But it also made me a loner and the weird kid of the family. I'm the black sheep, so to speak. I can feel for others, but never relate to them. I've always felt like an outsider, even at home. I've had so many weird experiences that many cannot make sense of, but today I've learned to embrace it all and got used to my encounters. Now, back to the witchy aunt. One night, I decided to stay over at her place, and during the night I woke up thirsty and was heading to the scullery, a second small kitchen. It was upstairs, and I was going for a quick drink of water. Now, I was sleeping in her daughter's room, which is located in the middle of a long hallway. Exiting the room, the scullery is on the left, and facing the room is her brother's bedroom. And on the right side of the room is my aunt's master bedroom. I leave her daughter's bedroom and head left. 
I get to the water tank, eyes half open, but I notice there was someone else in the scullery with me. It was my auntie facing the sink, running the water, and seeming to be washing glasses or something of that sort as she was blocking my view. I couldn't see it for certain. Side note, my aunt is rich and has three maids that help her around the house. I've never seen her wash anything, ever, let alone in the middle of the night washing dishes. As I stare at her confused and half asleep, I voice my confusion and ask her, Auntie, what are you doing washing dishes at this time of night? She turns slowly my way to look at me. No, she stared into my soul for what felt like forever. I felt my heart stop beating for a second. I froze in place. It was her, but also not her. After the staring, she turned back slowly to what she was doing without speaking a word, nor replying to me. I felt I could move my legs again, so I just brushed it off, as I've always known her to be weird. I headed out, sipping water, and rationalized why she was the way that she was. On my way back to her daughter's bedroom, I see my auntie leaving her master bedroom, which is in the opposite end of the hallway. I froze in place for a few seconds, and she looked at me confused. Then... All of a sudden, I felt my body shut down and I passed out. I woke up on the floor in her arms with her saying prayers over me and a wet cloth over my forehead. She kept asking me what happened, and I gathered my strength to speak. I said shakenly, I saw you twice. You were in the kitchen, and then again leaving your bedroom. She smirked and said, Oh yeah, that's just my helper. For a second, I was glad that she validated what I'd seen, but on the other hand, she creeped me out even more. It seemed like she's used to whatever that entity was. I believe she's a witch, but maybe she was more. Maybe she was able to teleport or astral project like some believe. All in all, that was the last time that I saw her, and I've kept my distance ever since. I have a story from when I was a kid, and I know most people will look at the story and think, oh, that's not a glitch, or that's nothing important that happened, or even think that I was a kid so I don't remember things correctly. To that... I will say that you are wrong. What happened to me was a small and fairly innocuous thing, sure, but it was something that became a core memory because of how strange it was to me at the time, and how strange it is to me still. When I was young, around eight or nine, my parents ended up getting divorced, and my dad really put a lot of effort into staying a part of my life. I'm not saying that he wasn't part of my life prior to this, but when they split up, he seemed to put more effort into being there, which was fine. Anyways, most weekends when he would come pick me up, he would take me to a fishing supply store that we had nearby. We would go there because they had a small restaurant in the store, 
and they also had a massive aquarium full of local freshwater fish. And being young, I absolutely thought it was the coolest thing ever. So, while my father and I were eating our lunch, I would sit and watch the fish swim around while my dad talked to me about school, friends, and literally anything else that was going on in my life. Now, there was one day that I remember on the way up there, my dad had told me that he had it on good knowledge that they had gotten several new fish, including several largemouth bass, and that they were adding them to the tank that day. Bass are, to me, really cool fish, so I was excited. We got there right as they were adding them to the tank, so we went to go and get our food first. We got our lunch, and I recall on this day, I was feeling strangely antsy. Back then, I probably thought it was the excitement of the new fish and just spending the day with my dad, but there was something off about it. I remember telling my dad that I needed to go to the restroom and excusing myself from the table, and I recall walking by the tank as the employee was adding the bass to the tank, but something about it was off. It took me several moments to really place it, but I can remember this whole thing vividly right now as I write this. Nothing was moving. When I say nothing, I mean nothing. The fish were all completely motionless. The employee that was adding the fish was kneeling and holding the container of water with the bass in it, and they were pouring the water into the large tank, but the water wasn't moving. For what felt like several moments, everything in the store seemed to just completely stop moving and sit motionless, almost like time had stopped. I stared at the fish thinking that they would swim up to see what was going on. I stared at the employee thinking they were going to add the fish any second now, but none of it happened while I was staring. It was as if the entire scene in front of me was frozen in time, and I was the only one bearing witness to this weird lockup. I recall how much that weird feeling of anxiety hit me while I was staring at this situation. I remember feeling like, what is going on? And then immediately being struck with, what I am seeing should not be happening. I turned around to look at my dad, and the second I turned, I heard the sound of the water hitting the water in the tank, and life continued as normal. I looked back, and things were happening as they were supposed to. Obviously, back then, I didn't know what to think of the whole thing, but... Looking at it now, and having looked into glitch stories and how things are probably a simulation, this almost felt like some kind of lag. Like, my brain was a step ahead of the program that was running, and I wasn't supposed to notice it. But I did. It was definitely the weirdest thing that has ever happened to me, and I've never had another experience like it. I guess that I should start by saying a few disclaimers. The only two people that live in our apartment 
are myself and my roommate, whom we'll call Tammy. Tammy is a very sweet girl that I've been friends with since I was in elementary school, and I don't think she could or would ever lie about anything, even the mundane things, to me or anyone that she cared for. Tammy is also deathly allergic to two things, peanut butter and shellfish. One of those is relevant to the story. No one else has entered our home for several months. We haven't had any friends over, and neither of us drinks or does any sort of substance to the point where our memories would be so bad that this situation would make any sense. Now, on to the story. A few weeks ago, my roommate and I went to get lunch for her birthday at a decent steakhouse that she loves. I told her that I would pay for it, as I had a bit of extra cash, and I knew that her parents weren't going to do anything to make her birthday special. Our dinner was actually really good. She had a ribeye with fries and macaroni and cheese, and I had their chicken alfredo pasta dish. I know for a fact that I ordered chicken alfredo, one, because I gave a bite of it to Tammy, and two, because I'm very sensitive to her allergies. I love shrimp, but I will not order anything that is shrimp or has shrimp in it if I'm around her, or if I'll be bringing it home. I am always careful about this no matter where we go. Skip ahead to the next day, around lunchtime. I was sitting on the couch with Tammy and we were just watching TV when she remembered that she had leftovers in the fridge and got excited. She jumped off the couch and ran into the kitchen. She opened the first container and immediately tossed it back into the fridge with a look like, what the hell, on her face. I asked if she was okay, and she asked me what I had eaten at the steakhouse that previous night. I told her that I had the chicken alfredo, and then she asked, Then why is there shrimp in your leftovers? Like I said, I am always careful about shrimp, and I am super sensitive to the fact that shellfish will kill her, so I thought she just saw something wrong. Sure enough, I go into the kitchen and grab the container, and it is shrimp alfredo, not chicken. I grabbed it and walked away to the other corner of the kitchen, and I pretty much said, how the hell is that possible? While I was standing there and she was heating up her food, we talked about the whole thing. I told her that I'd had chicken, and I asked her what she remembered about what I ordered. She mentioned that, for some reason, she really could not remember anything about my dinner. I asked her if she remembered trying it, and she said that she didn't. I told her that I had given her a bite and that she said it was really good, and then mentioned that she had made a joke about how, if I wasn't the one paying, she would have gotten something cheaper like that because of how good it was. For whatever reason, she seriously could not remember this joke, nor could she remember trying the Alfredo. I then went and grabbed my receipt to prove that I had ordered Chicken Alfredo, and when I pulled it out of my wallet, it said shrimp. It seriously said shrimp Alfredo, which I would not have ordered. 
I know that I ordered chicken alfredo, and I know that she tried some of it, which, if it were shrimp, she would have stopped breathing. I have no idea why or how it changed from chicken to shrimp alfredo, but I know that I would not have gotten shrimp because I was with her. And if I had ordered shrimp alfredo while I was at lunch with her, she would have likely looked at me funny and said something about it. I ended up eating it cold in the back end of the kitchen while she fixed up her food, and then I took the container straight out to the dumpster. It was good, sure, but it was nowhere near as good as what I'd had the night before. So, that's my glitch. My weird food-related how-the-hell-did-that-happen glitch in the Matrix. A couple of years ago, my husband and I decided that we wanted to go on a bit of a road trip. So, we took some time off work to hit the road. The plan was to go from Colorado to South Dakota, because we wanted to go see some of the landmarks and parks up there, and his parents had actually moved up there. So, we were going to spend a couple of days with them between stops. The problem with my husband and road trips is that he's not the type to understand when he should stop. And he is 100% the type to push himself until he damn near passes out on the road. I've chastised him about this a dozen times, but he's too stubborn to even listen to me. This is actually where the glitch comes into play. Him being like that and the fact that we were going on our road trip. For most of our trip up to South Dakota, we had to drive north through Wyoming. It's a very direct drive up I-25 to US-85, and the trip itself isn't terribly long. However, my husband didn't want to wait until Saturday morning to make the trip, and he decided that we needed to head out Friday evening after work. This meant that... We would be getting out of the house around 6 at night, and staying on the road until 1 or 2 in the morning, depending on the time that we made. I was very much against this, but he was the one driving, so I didn't have much of a say in it. I don't have my license for reasons that aren't worth getting into, so I wasn't going to be able to drive for this trip. We were driving up to Black Hills and making our way through Wyoming when it started getting darker and I could tell that he was getting tired. I told him that we either needed to stop and get caffeine or get a hotel room or something. And after fighting with him a bit, he agreed that we could stop and get coffee. We stopped, got our drinks, and headed back onto the road. I was doing fine at this point, my energy drink was working for me, but I could tell that he wasn't feeling it, because I know that look on his face when he gets tired. He starts to get this really weird stonewall stare going on. About the time that I notice this, I look back toward the road, and I see what looks like a deer run into the road. I scream for him to watch out, and this is where things get weird. I yelled at him to watch out, and I swear that I lived through him hitting the deer, through the deer smacking into the car, 
him swerving out to the side and the car going off the road. I have a vivid memory of the crash. The sounds, the smell of coolant and oil, the feeling of adrenaline and terror of me sitting in the car with it upside down. I very distinctly remember looking over at his seat and seeing him unconscious, or not alive, and bloody. I don't know why I have these memories, or why they feel so incredibly real, because it never happened. It was like all of this flashed out in my mind at the exact second I told him to watch out, like I lived through two different timelines at once, or like I was able to experience where things split. In reality, or in this reality, he swerved and slowed down and missed the deer, but elsewhere, he hit the deer and caused a major accident. I know this may not seem as weird as most Glitch in the Matrix stories, as I didn't really live through the events, but the memories of all this happening were absolutely put into my head somehow. Like I said, I don't feel like I lived through the situation that happened, but I remember every single second of it in agonizing detail, like it is what happened. I don't know in the end what to think of all this, maybe I just have a weirdly active imagination all of a sudden, and the experience is one that I made up, or maybe it's intrusive thoughts, but it really doesn't feel like it. This all feels like memories of the other me, the me that went through the accident, and they somehow got downloaded into my brain. Recently, my mother told me a story that sent shivers down my spine. I'm not sure if it fully fits what you call a glitch in the Matrix, but it's definitely strange. It was on New Year's Eve. Someone sent my mom a sort of copy-paste New Year's wish on Facebook. It went something like, It's the end of the year. May the next one bless you with health, wealth, and happiness. My mother decided to copy and send the message to a friend, too. But something went wrong. When she hit send, only a small part of the message went through. It's the end. A glitch like that has never happened to her. It wouldn't be that big of a deal, but... That friend died three days later. It was the last message my mom ever sent to him. Just, it's the end. Did a glitched message predict this friend's death? When she was telling me this story, I saw goosebumps appear on her arms, and I can't blame her. I have a weird experience like these. I'll share a short one. My wife and I moved to Texas, to a new apartment. A couple of months after moving in, we came home from the store and went up to our floor. There was a guy in the hallway yelling, Let me in! Let me in! He was sitting alone on the floor in the middle of the hallway, wearing all white. All of the doors to the apartments are on the right side of the hallways, 
I mention this because our complex is large and it's difficult to find specific apartments if you haven't been there. So we would follow the numbers in the door until we knew where our apartment was by heart. Being in a new state, this guy made me nervous, so as soon as we got in the apartment, I looked out of the peephole to make sure he wasn't following us, but he was gone. I left the apartment and told my wife to lock the door behind me while I go see what's going on. The hallway is very long, and there's no way he could have gotten up off of the floor and into an apartment within a second or two, and he was not anywhere near an apartment door. So he couldn't have gone in somewhere within the time it took me to shut the door and look through the peephole. The strangest part of this story is, now, all the apartment doors are on the opposite side of the hallways, and they have been ever since. It's very, very strange, and I'm not sure how to explain it. This happened about 17 years ago. I had just moved into my first house with two roommates, one male and one female. I was 20 at the time and am female. My female roommate, we'll call her Lisa, and I had been friends for a couple of years and were pretty close. We had gone to the Renaissance Fair that summer and both acquired beautiful silver Celtic earrings. About three months later, Lisa was in a car accident that took her life. A couple of weeks after her accident, I went to get my Celtic earrings from my jewelry box and I could only find one. I was really upset because we had acquired them together. I had my male roommate come and help me look for it. My jewelry box was on top of my dresser, so we looked in all my dresser drawers and moved the dresser fully out of the room to try to find the missing earring. We eventually gave up and figured it was vacuumed up and thrown away since I hadn't worn them for weeks. Because my male roommate and I couldn't afford the house without Lisa, we moved out a couple of months after her accident. As I was packing up my room, I bent down to start packing my bottom drawer of my dresser, and there sitting right in front of the dresser was my missing earring. There was no way that, if it had been there the whole time, that the vacuum wouldn't have sucked it up, nor would me nor my roommate missed seeing it. I like to think that it was Lisa giving me back the last memorable thing we bought together. I still wear them to this day, and I think of her every time. When I was a teenager, we moved out to an army weapons testing base where my father worked. He'd been there since the late 1940s. Most of my life up to that point had been in a city 30 miles away. After years of driving it, the old man decided to move out to the base to make life easier. The year was about 1980. I had gotten my driver's license and started spending time back home, sometimes taking kids from the base with me. The story is about one of those rides. 
Las Cruces is west of White Sands Missile Range, and there is a mountain pass that must be traversed. On the west side of the mountain before the pass, there is a little town called Oregon. Several miles west of Oregon, we began to approach an old Lincoln Continental. It was burgundy-colored with the vinyl top. I can still see it. It was cruising about 50 miles per hour, and the speed limit was 55. I liked to play with machines and had modified my own car to go pretty fast. Normally, I would have flown past him like a rocket, but there was something strange about this car, so I hung back. We closed distance, and I backed off of the throttle. Andrea turned off the radio, and a short conversation later, we both agreed that something was off about the Lincoln. We went through Oregon, the speed limit dropped to 45, and then went down to 40. The pass was just ahead. Oregon Pass has an old Nike Hercules at an overlook on the east side of the pass. You can even see it today. The pass itself, back then, was two lanes in each direction and it curved. There, sides of the pass are high. It's like going through a tunnel without a roof. Nowhere to go but down the road. The other side, east of the pass, has the overlook with the missile. It has a slight curve and then goes straight for miles. Again, nowhere to go. The rise and fall at the peak is rapid enough that if you're not right on a vehicle in front of you, you'll lose sight of it for a brief moment. And that's what happened. We crested the hill, lost sight of the Lincoln still in the pass, and continued our journey. We crested the hill, and as we did, Andrea asked, Did you see that? The car was gone, without a trace. We were close enough to it that it could not have outrun us to get to the pass. We looked at the overlook, and down the road... There wasn't another car in sight. One day, I was on the way to my girlfriend's house when a glitch happened to me. I frequently visited her house from time to time, and one day she was quite upset that she'd had a fight with her best friend of 11 years, so... She'd wanted to see me as soon as possible. At that time, I was working, and it was Saturday, so I had half a work day. I told her that I would only be free after 6pm because I had to run a few errands, and also I exited my work way later than I anticipated. She was adamant that I come straight to her house after my work was finished, so I left work at 4pm, it's 1pm normal exit time on Saturdays, so as I'm getting my motorcycle going, I call her and tell her that I'm coming to her house just like she wanted. I reach her house at precisely 4.48pm. I remember that, because I had just gotten a notification on my phone, and when I pulled my phone out to check what it was, it was obviously a spam message, but the time read 4.48pm. Then, I opened up the gate and I entered the house, and there she was with her face quite red. She says, Where were you all of this time? I 
told her to just calm down and that I was at work earlier, and she replied telling me that I told her I left work at 4pm, and now it was 6pm. She pointed at the clock in her house. I jokingly said that I thought the time on her clock was wrong, and she blew up on me, and then I pulled out my phone to show her that it was only 5pm. But, unfortunately for me, the clock on my phone also read 6.03pm. I was dumbfounded, and I had no answers for any question that she had. I had just missed out on an hour of my life without any explanation. I just wanted some answers, but up to this day she hasn't accepted what happened. This is one experience with glitches in the Matrix that I personally encountered, and whoever you are listening or reading this story, please, have a nice day. I went to the movies this weekend. Afterwards, I stopped by the ladies' room along with everybody else. When it was my turn, I was near the back of the line. Several stall doors opened simultaneously, and I had my pick. One lady, referring to the stall that she had just left, said, Don't go in that one, it's out of paper. So, I went into the one next to it. I had been near the end of the line for the bathroom, so the noise from people washing their hands and flushing had died down. I heard someone go into the stall next to me and close the door. I felt the door close the way one does in a bathroom with side-by-side stalls. Everything shakes for a moment, and you can hear the latch close. I heard her sigh and shift around, but I didn't see her feet or anything like that. It was the stall without paper, and I was stuck between extreme shyness and knowing that due to the bathroom code she would probably ask for some paper. Then, I thought of a solution. I quickly flushed and stood up. I rolled the paper down from the dispenser until it was almost touching the floor, so the person in the stall next to me could see it, and they could grab it if they tried. Satisfied that I would not have to say anything to a stranger, but that they would still have the paper they needed, I left the stall to wash my hands. As I turned on the water, I glanced behind me in the mirror to see if she had figured out to grab the toilet paper from my stall. I was shocked to see that the stall door was open. There was nobody there. There was nobody left in the bathroom at all. It was a weird feeling, sort of like the sound draining out of the room as I stared unbelieving. Where did she go? She didn't have time to leave. Since there was no one else in the bathroom at this point, I would have heard her. The whole thing took place in about 20 seconds, from the time she closed the door to the time I left my stall. I never heard or saw her stall door open, I didn't hear any feet leaving the bathroom, and I didn't hear the main bathroom door open or close. And on top of everything... This happened while I was on vacation. Because, as shy as I am, I was hyper-aware of my surroundings because I was trying to sense the culture of the locals to fit in. 
so I was paying more attention than usual, if that makes sense. If I hadn't recently learned of this subreddit, I would probably have blown this off as me being spacey or something like that. I've blown off other situations in the past that I could not explain. I still can't explain it, but at least I know I'm not the only one who experiences these kinds of things. This just happened yesterday, and I remembered this Reddit group and thought it would be interesting to share to see if anyone else can possibly explain some other way she would have known. For background, I, 19M, had a sleepover on Saturday with a group of friends. C, 21 non-binary, A, 19 non-binary, and D, 19 female. Our other friend, H, 17 female, was meant to spend the night as well, but changed her mind after a stressful week. The plan was that I would wake up Saturday morning to go to a college open house at my college campus with H, who is currently in her tour process. After the tour, we would come home and C, A, and D would arrive. We would all be dyeing our hair, playing some games like Mario Party and One Night Werewolf. We really enjoy playing games all together like this. C was planning on getting drunk, which we all thought would be fun to witness. After H had already gone home with her new hairdo, I had elected to cut my hair into more of a a shag, and I was helping D bleach her hair. We were all laughing, as C had just finished attempting to shotgun a can of hard seltzer. Keyword attempt. It got all over my bathroom mirror and walls instead, and then A was playing music for us all. D suddenly called me Philip. There are three things to know as to why her calling me Philip was so strange. One, my name is not and has never been Philip, not even closely related to it either. Two, I'm FTM transgender. My legal name is nowhere close to Philip, and neither is my actual name. Three, My mom was going to name me Philip had I been born assigned male. I froze and said, How the hell did you know that? She said, Know what? I laughed and said, No, seriously. When did my mom tell you that? And when did you come up with the idea for this joke? It's a good one, though. You spooked me there for a second. They said, I don't know what you're talking about. I just think you give off Philip vibes, that's it. I then explained to my friends that my mom had wanted to name my older brother Philip, but his dad objected, so she saved it for her next kid. When I came out and the doctors declared me female, she scrapped Philip and her and my dad came up with something else relating to a movie character that my mom had admired. My friends all confirmed that my mom hadn't mentioned it at any point that day or prior. Normally, I would think that they were pulling my leg, But even my mom confirmed and pointed out, why would she even bring that up with them? Given that even my severely drunk friend, C, was dead serious, this friend can't hold water without immediately losing it when drunk, 
We can't even make eye contact without a don't-look-at-me and an eruption of giggles from them. I'm inclined to trust them. Plus, after how freaked out I looked, they would have spilled the beans by now. Dee swears that she doesn't know how she knew about it. She just had this feeling that I had Philip vibes or should have been a Philip. Anyone have any other ideas? Because I'm at a loss. And I'm becoming convinced that this was some sort of glitch in the Matrix, or a case of morphic resonance fields, or something like that. My parents and I have both been experiencing glitches in the Matrix these past couple of days. One of the experiences was long, too. It happened at the mall. We've had weird experiences there before, but always just thought it was coincidence. After this, my mom and I definitely believe there is something paranormal-slash-off about that area. First off, let me explain the layout of the mall. I would consider this mall to be pretty big. There's the main part of the mall, and around that are a bunch of strip malls. It's easy to get lost and disoriented. The mall is also in a rural area, so it's hilly, and there are a lot of trees and shrubs around. We drive into the parking lot. At first we notice that it seems kind of empty, but we don't think anything of it. That mall tends to not be crowded. That's why we chose to go there. Once we enter the mall, my mom and I go our separate ways. The first thing that we both noticed that seemed odd was that everything seemed sluggish, and the mall appeared to be way smaller. We didn't think much of it since this was the first time that we'd been there in around five years or so. So, let's fast forward to the point where we're done shopping and we want to leave. This is when things got weird. We had decided to meet up at Macy's. I was in the Macy's a couple of minutes before and was familiar with the layout. I went to the area my mom said she was in, looked around, but I couldn't find her. We kept in contact, texting back and forth, and tried to better explain where we were. After about 25 minutes of that, I got frustrated and decided to meet her at the sitting area outside of the Macy's. We then call each other, saying that we are seated outside, but still could not find each other. Then, my mom mentioned that she is near the Forever 21, which annoyed me, because the Forever 21 is not near the Macy's. It's near the J.C. Penny, which my mom did go to when we first got to the mall earlier that day. I figured that she probably would have left and went into Macy's, when I told her that she was at J.C. Penny the whole time, she was confused, but we brushed it off. We did think it was that the layout was the same, and maybe there was nothing to indicate that she was at a different store, like during checkout. Now, the drive is when things get weirder. This mall is not that close to my mom's house. It's about 25 miles and the drive is usually around 45 minutes. We've done this drive a lot, 
And I went to school in the area the mall has always been, and it's 15 minutes from the school, and the school has always been around 30 minutes from the house. First off, we needed to make a stop. It seemed like we got to the exit quickly, but I didn't think anything of it. We get what we need at the pharmacy and we headed home. It took 15 minutes. My mom even looked at the clock because she remembered thinking that it was odd. And I just mapped the pharmacy. It's 21 miles and a 31 minute drive. She wasn't speeding. She never does. It was just like a chunk of the drive disappeared. So last week was a glitchy week. But this was the weirdest one that I experienced. I've actually experienced the same glitch more than once. Twice, to be exact. And both events happened on the same stretch of road within about two months of each other. I've tried to get it to happen again by driving the same path with my dad at around the same time, but for some reason, I just cannot make it happen a third time. This happened about a year ago, and the second time was around ten months ago. Both times it was midday because my dad and I were going to lunch together, which is something that we did every other weekend. We go around the same time every weekend, too. We randomly shuffle around where we're going. Sometimes we just have lunch at his house, but we also go out and eat every once in a while. One of the places that he likes to go is a small burger joint that is kind of in the middle of nowhere on the outskirts of our town. It's pretty much surrounded by trees at the end of a long stretch of road, that looks like it was supposed to be zoned for a strip mall, but it never got built. It's kind of nice, because not a lot of people know where it is, so they pretty much just get regulars, and that's about it. Anyways, the stretch where this event has happened is near a section of road where there is a small cemetery. I don't know if that's related, if spirits have any effect on the Matrix, but... I'm just saying that there is a cemetery in this stretch where things have happened. Both times it has happened, my dad and I pretty much have agreed with the way things played out. We've driven towards the cemetery, and right before we pass said cemetery, we start to hear what sounds like light jazz music. It almost sounds like lounge jazz, like the kind that you hear at a dentist office. It's soft relaxing, and it seemingly comes from nowhere. There's no way either of our phones were playing it, and his car doesn't have a radio anymore since someone had broken in and stole it. The jazz music is faint enough that it almost sounds like it could be playing in a nearby building, but really loud. But it doesn't seem to be connected to any buildings, as it sounds like it's in the car. Then, After about a minute or so of the jazz music, we've both experienced a split second of what is basically pitch black darkness. By that, I mean that for half a second or so, everything just seems to go dark. Like the kind of darkness you experience when you blink, 
but involuntarily. We've both felt it, and we've both heard it, which is pretty much the only thing that has kept me from thinking that I am absolutely insane. The first instance of this was May of 2021, and the second was in July of 2021. We've gone down this road multiple times at the same time of day, going the same speed and going to the same place, and it hasn't happened again since. The first time it happened, it was weird, but the second time, we kind of freaked out when we both said the same thing about what had occurred. Now, every time we go that way, I fully brace myself and expect to have it happen again, but it doesn't. Maybe the Matrix has caught on and won't let me experience the glitch again, or maybe reality was patched and the dead zone was fixed. I don't know. Either way, it was weird, and kind of creepy. Hello everyone. I had an experience a week or so ago that I just can't stop thinking about. I'm hoping someone on here can help me understand. So, here it goes. Below is just a little background about me. I'm a registered nurse and I work night shifts. I'm in my early 40s. I do 12-hour shifts, 7pm to 7am. I'll preface this by saying I was not tired at all. I've been a night shift nurse most of my nursing career, and I have no issues sleeping during the day. I was not tired when this happened. I work in a nursing home on the short-term rehab unit, so there's always a lot of admissions and discharges from my unit. When we get a new patient, it's the nurse's responsibility to take the diet order to the kitchen. So, usually around 6am I'll print out and take any new diet orders to the kitchen that we have. Now, on to my experience. One night late last week, I got three new patients, so I had printed out their diets. I had a little more charting to do, so I was at the computer finishing up all my tasks, when all of a sudden I got this vision. I don't know what else to call it. In this vision, I saw myself walking through the halls, heading to the kitchen, holding the diet orders. All of this is normal for what I always do. But then, in this vision, when I turned the corner to walk down the hall where the kitchen is, I saw myself have a freak accident. I saw a ceiling tile fall on me in just the right way that it split my head open, and there was blood everywhere. I was just lying on the floor, and I died. It was like I just watched a short excerpt of a movie, but it was of me dying. The vision only lasted a couple of seconds, but it totally freaked me out. It was like I was actually supposed to die at that exact time. My usual routine was thrown off, though, because I was a bit behind, and because I was finishing up some charting. I stopped charting, and I was so confused at that vision. I've never had anything like that happen to me. The only thing close that I've experienced is 90% of the time when I walk down a set of stairs... I can picture myself falling down them. I think I may have died in a past life falling down the stairs. 
I'm very sensitive and awake to a lot of things in this universe. I'm still learning more and more every day. After the initial shell shock of trying to process what I just saw, the first thought that came to mind was, maybe it wasn't a vision, but it was a memory of how I just died, and me sitting at the computer was the place I was reset into in a different timeline, one closest to where I had just died in. This whole experience has really freaked me out. Was this a memory, a vision, a glitch, CERN? I just don't know, but I felt everything that happened in the vision. I've been trying to mentally take note of any changes in my life, even down to small details that happen. Things have definitely been off for me ever since they turned on the CERN machine. If anyone can help me process all this... I would appreciate it. I only told my boyfriend about this because the experience sounds so crazy to me, and I know that I'm not crazy. To end this post, I'll reiterate that I was not tired. I was wide awake, and I was at work. I don't drink or do any kind of drugs, and I'm not on any kind of medication. I know this story is going to sound weird and crazy, but hear me out. I'm not too familiar with this subreddit, but a friend of mine who's always talking about metaphysics, the Twilight Zone, simulation type stuff, loves this sub and keeps telling me to post this. In fact, no doubt he'll read this. Anyways, here's my story. Two weeks ago, I was about to get ready for a party at 6. Just before I started getting ready, one of my friends messaged me super excited because a boy she's had a crush on for the last four years finally asked her out, and he was coming with her to the party. While I was texting her back, my younger brother walked into my room and asked if I could drive him to his friend's house, which I agreed to do. Then, I went to the bathroom to take a shower and do my makeup. So, I got in the shower, but when I went to wash my hair, I realized that my conditioner was finished. I was pretty ticked off because I had only bought it a couple of days beforehand, and it's an expensive brand. My younger sister always uses up my things, so I knew that she had used it. She also trashed the bathroom leaving water everywhere and her dirty towel on the floor. So, I was pissed off, and I was about to get out of the shower in order to tell her off and get some more conditioner. But as I went to get out, I realized at the last second that she'd kicked the grippy mat that we have at the bottom of our shower tub up. Our shower tub is super slippery without the grip mat. So... As I went to step out, my foot slipped, and I fell with my neck down on the edge of the tub. Time seemed to slow down in my head, and I remember my last thought was, Wow, this is how I die? How stupid. But here's the thing. At the moment of impact, I woke up in a start back in my bed. 
I know it sounds stupid and cheesy, like something from a dumb Netflix show, but there's literally no other way to describe what happened. I was lying in bed right before I got up to shower the first time, but I don't remember falling asleep. And the thing is, I've been a lucid dreamer for the last five or so years, and if this was a dream, it was way more vivid than anything I have ever experienced. What weirded me out, though, was the exact same friend who texted me the first time messaged me after I woke up to tell me that the boy she had a crush on had asked another girl out, and she was pretty bummed about it and didn't want to come to the party. I was weirded out that there was some similarity between that and the dream, but I didn't think much of it at first. As I went to reply, my younger brother came in to ask if I would take him to his friend's house. All the blood drained from my face. He just stood in the doorway looking confused and asked me what was wrong. I rushed into the bathroom feeling like I was losing my mind, and I went to check the conditioner bottle. I know this sounds completely crazy, but the bottle was finished up just like before, and the grip mat was kicked up. At this point, I went to lie back down in bed, and I texted my friends to tell them that I wouldn't be going to the party. And I would like to finish this story up by giving a shout-out and saying hello to the OP's friend who told them to post the story. So, hello, Zane. I hope you're doing well. So that was this week's collection of Glitch in the Matrix stories on the As the Raven Dreams podcast. I hope you enjoyed this collection of glitchy goodness. If you did and would like to listen to more of this, you can always check out the other episodes of the podcast or support the channel further by actually going to my YouTube channel and checking out my videos. Just go to YouTube and search As the Raven Dreams. You can also go to AsTheRavenDreams.com for lots of other good stuff. Ways to get early access, read stories that I've written, submit your own story, and things like that. All that said, friends, thank you very much for listening I do hope to see you in two weeks on the next Glitch in the Matrix episode, but until then, sleep well.